Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show. As promised, today I'm going to be dishing up one of the greatest hits from the Your Virtual Upline Podcast. We've taken a little bit of time off here over the holiday season to recharge our batteries and get ready for 2024. So over the next, I think it's five or six episodes, we're going to be sharing with you some of the most popular, most downloaded episodes of all time. You know, we're at 400 episodes, so we've talked about lots of things and we know we've got lots of new listeners. So we're going to be sharing some of our best episodes ever. And I got to tell you, as I was going through this list, I kind of took me all the way back to eighth grade, making a mixtape for that crush. Consider this my business and my personal transformation love letter to all of you. Hopefully these episodes can give you what you need here as we close out 2023 and head into 2024 with the bang. So without further ado, let's cue it up for one of the greatest hits of the Your Virtual Upline podcast. Welcome back to the show, episode 251. Today, I want to help you answer the question, are you asking your prospects the right questions? In this episode, I'm going to make the argument that the secret to success when you are messaging prospects through DMs and Messenger is learning how to ask the right questions at the right time. Time. So if you're somebody that has ever said to yourself, man, I wish I could find the right people for my business. I'm here to tell you right now, the right people are in front of you every day. You just don't have a way to determine if they're the right people. And you also don't have a way to really get them interested and create a demand because you're not asking them the right questions. So today's episode is really going to kind of be a recap in some ways from a training, a free training that I did last week. And I just want to say thank you to all of you that participated in that training. It was titled What to Say on Social Media to Find Your Perfect Prospect. And I got to say, it was one of the best trainings we've ever done. I don't know that I've had more people reach out to me after and basically just say, this was literally the missing piece to my business. People that were struggling with getting ghosted in DMs, getting prospects to respond to them, or just creating meaningful conversations that led to product sales and recruits. So I figured, hey, let's turn the key points into a podcast so that we can have this so that all of you can get access to it. But I have no doubt this is going to be a totally different way of thinking, but it's going to be a major shift that a lot of you are going to make. So I want to start off today talking about how do we identify if someone is the right prospect for your business, right? I hear that all the time. People say, I want to attract the right people. And not only how do we identify if somebody's the right person, but if they are the right person and we're having a conversation with them through social media, how do we learn how to create enough value for what we have to get them to want to hear about it, right? Because isn't that the big issue for a lot of you? We hear this term creating value, these words thrown around all the time. And we know we need to do it. We know we're probably not doing a good enough job because we're not seeing the results that we want, but we have really no idea how to do it. So how do you do those two things? How do you figure out if somebody's the right person and how do we create more value? Well, here's the good news. The answer, the solution is the same for both. You have to learn how to ask better questions. You have to learn how to start 
thinking differently, right? When it comes to talking to people on social media, you got to be more purposeful and more intentional. And look, when we learn how to ask better questions, a couple of important things happen. Number one is we get the prospect talking more. Look, I, I don't know about you, but when I first started my network marketing business, I used to get so nervous. I used to just talk all the time, right? And, and a lot of times it's out of excitement. Like we want to share our products. We want to share our business. And we know there's all these things about them that can help people. But the truth of it is this. Is if you look at your prospecting conversations on social media and you're the one that's doing most of the talking, that's the reason why you're not seeing success. There's a direct correlation. The more you say, the less likely you'll be to get that prospect interested. So we have to learn how to get them talking more in the way that we do that as questions. But here's the thing. A lot of you are asking questions, but you're asking the wrong kinds of questions. I'm going to literally teach you different types of questions to ask in this episode. Totally different way of thinking. The second benefit of questions is they persuade, right? Reasoning doesn't. Just you presenting the benefits of what you do doesn't persuade. See, when you ask the right questions, what will happen is you'll teach people literally how to persuade themselves. And then the third thing that questions do, and this is really important, is they help uncover needs. Look, people will buy from you and they will join your team because they have a legitimate need. And this leads me to a point that I want to make that if I could get on my proverbial soapbox and shout this from the top of the mountains, man, I think so many people in this profession need to hear this. This is the number one reason why people look down on network marketing because so many people that are in this profession are pitching their products and business to people that do not have a legitimate need for them. And my message to you is this, stop pitching your products and business to people that don't have a legitimate need. Look, you have to be better. The easiest way to stand out is to stop doing that. And look, here's where questions come into play. When we learn how to slow down and start talking to people differently and start focusing on different things and asking different questions, it helps us uncover the need. And when you can uncover somebody that has a legitimate need for what you have, I'm telling you, the rest of the process is pretty simple. But we have to learn how to stop pitching people in the first message and the copy and paste and the cold pitching. Like all of this stuff, you sharing your stuff with people without first identifying do they have a need, it needs to stop. So, let me give you kind of the foundation for what I'm teaching you today. I mentioned this in the training last week. So as you know, we just completed a move. We, we moved into our new house a couple of months ago. That's the reason why you haven't heard from me that much here. It's been, uh, it's been pretty stressful, but I am pretty much situated in my office. We're just finishing construction. Uh, it should be done in the next couple of weeks. But anyway, so I'm moving from my old office to my new office and the hardest thing for me to pack was all my books. I don't know if you're like a, a book addict like me. I just, I mean, I buy books almost every day, I feel like. But I was moving all my old books and I was boxing them up and I was going through them. And you, you come across books that you, you read a while ago that you haven't thought about and you remembered how much of an impact they had on you. And I came across a book while I was packing up my books that went all the way back to my early days in, in professional sales. This was a book that was published in um, almost 30 years ago, but it had such a profound impact on me and my early professional development as a salesperson because it taught me how to think totally differently about selling. I don't know if you ever had those book where it's like literally every single page is earmarked and, and highlighted and, writ on, and wrote, written on. Like 90% of the book I was taking notes, it was that good. But here's where it really made an impact on me is it really started to help me think more from a place of service 
And what's so crazy is this thing that I teach today called Love, Serve, Grow. Little did I know when I first came across this book over 20 years ago that it was the seed for something that was so much bigger that I would be teaching today. But this shift in mindset from sales to service allowed me to be successful in my sales career. And it's what we teach here today. And as I was going through this book, I was like, I mean, my jaw dropped because I'm like, oh my God, like this is so in alignment with what we teach. But here's where I got really excited. It, to me, solved a major problem that I know a lot of you have. If you're a student of ours, certainly, but if you've been following this podcast, you hear me talk all the time about how you need to start thinking and acting like a paid problem solver, right? That's the basis of service. Stop thinking like a salesperson. Stop acting like a salesperson. Start really making it a goal to go out there and identify people that have problems that you can help solve through your products and or business. So I know a lot of you, that's more in alignment with how you see yourself and that is more fulfilling and you get more excited about that. But here's the challenge is you have a hard time getting people to give you the problems that they have that you can solve, right? So it's like you're starting to ask questions, you're making it more the focus on them, but you can't give people to actually give you the raw material you need to share your stuff as a solution. And I know that's a major problem. And as I'm going through this book, I'm like, oh my God, this is the missing piece. This is like the next level training, communication training that will help you really do a better job identifying problems and needs. So what I'm going to be sharing with you here, why I'm so excited, this is literally the raw material for version 2.0 of what we're going to be teaching and training all of you. So when I think of Love, Serve, Grow and how that applies to prospecting, because that is really the single most important part of your business, right? Sharing your products and or business. And I know this is also where most of you struggle the most. We're going to be coming up with some training that is so radically different than what anybody else in this profession teaches, but it is going to be so incredibly impactful and valuable valuable for all of you because it's going to allow you to take what we've been teaching and go to the next level. So let me share with you some of the major takeaways from the book. And once again, I want to let you know, this is just a starting point. We're going to really be fleshing this out and diving deep in some trainings that I'm going to be creating for you over the rest of this year. But the book talks about that there are four phases. They refer to them as sales calls, but for the per- our purpose, like a sales call, like now when I first started my sales career, I was making sales calls. I was going and sitting down in, in people's offices and, and medical offices. I was talking to doctors. A sales call, quote unquote, for us today is a conversation over social media, right? This is the way that we sell. This is the way we communicate. So, but I want you to start thinking differently about the process. There's really four distinct phases of a prospecting conversation. Number one is the introduction. This is how we open up a conversation. The second phase is what we refer to as the investigating phase. Here's where we try to uncover needs and get a better understanding of the prospect's situation. The third phase is what we call demonstrating capability. So here's where we want to get the prospect to understand that we have something worthwhile to offer. So we've identified they have a problem or a need in phase two. And then in phase three, we say, hey, I think I might have a solution. And by the way, that step is all about demonstrating the value. When you can really start getting getting people to think about what you have as a solution to their problem, that's how you create value. And the fourth phase and the final phase of a prospecting conversation is obtaining commitment. So here we want to get some sort of commitment from the prospect to take a next step. Now, if you're selling a product, the next step might actually be the sale, right? You can get a sale pretty quickly with a product because it really requires less of a decision. But when we talk about joining your business, and I know this is the area where more of you struggle, 
the commitment or the next step is very rarely going to be signing up into your business, especially if it's the first time you're talking to someone. So when we talk about obtaining commitment, that might be just agreeing for them to take the next step in your prospecting system, whether that's watching a third party tool, joining a Facebook group, coming to an event, trying a product sample, whatever that might be. But these are four distinct phases. And look, these things exist, whether you realize it or not, and understanding them and realizing where you need to start focusing more time is the key to you start starting to see better results when it comes to making more sales and getting more recruits. But here's really where success or failure is usually determined. How much time you spend in phase two, which is the investigation phase. Most people make one of two fatal mistakes. They either spend way too much time in phase one, which is the introduction, right? That's where we lose the prospect. This is the small talk or, you know, a lot of you really what it is, it's like relationship building mode where you're having these conversations all day long on social media with people asking these questions, making small talk, but it's never going anywhere. And that's the reason why you're not seeing results. So they spend too much time in phase one or They rush right past the second phase, which is the investigating, asking questions to uncover a need. And they go right to the third phase, which is, let me tell you why my stuff is great. And look, study after study has shown, and I, you know, we don't need to point to studies because you literally live this every day in your business. If you present your stuff too early to people before you've really identified a strong need, it will have a, a huge negative impact on your results. And this is why I say, You need to stop pitching your business and sharing your stuff to people until you've taken the time to identify that. We talk so much about features and and benefits, right? Features of our products are all the facts and the figures. They're in the products, they're the ingredients, they're how your stuff is better than someone else's with your business. A feature may be residual income, leverage, giving people more time, owning a business. But then the benefit is the benefit to the prospect. But here's the thing about benefits. They're not real benefits in the prospect's eyes until they're tied to a specific need that they have. See, I would just call them their advantages. So an advantage of your business is you can give people more time. But unless you've taken the time to have a conversation with me that uncovers the need that I don't have time, get me to admit that that's a problem, and then and only then say, well, I think I might have a solution, now that becomes a real benefit to me. Look, we need to slow down. Think about how quickly you start presenting your stuff. This is my big beef. You know, I mentioned in the training, I said, look, it's a myth. If somebody's telling you you should never share your business in the first message, in the first conversation with someone on social media, it's not true. Because if you do what I'm teaching you here today and you do it the right way, it could be totally appropriate for you to share your business with someone. But the problem is the way that most people do it is totally wrong, right? They have either they pitch right away or they ask a couple of like opening questions just to kind of get it back and forth. And then they go right for the kill, but they never identify the need. So we need to stop doing this, but we need to start thinking differently about communication. So this brings up this topic of how to develop and identify needs. Because here's, and and a lot of you that have been trying to be paid problem solvers and trying to implement Love, Serve, Grow, here's what you find. It almost always starts out like it's perfect. You ask somebody how it's going, they say, great. Very few people are just going to serve up their problems and their needs on a silver platter for you. 
And here's the other thing. A lot of people aren't even clear that they have a need. I might be working a full-time job and a part-time job, and I might have kids in a family, and I might not have any free time, but I haven't necessarily identified lack of time as a problem or a need because I don't know there's another option. So it's like, until I know there's another option, now I'm like, wow, well, my current situation, there's something wrong with it. So with the right questions, we can not only help uncover needs, but we can help people realize that they have needs and problems that need solving. But when we talk about needs, this is going to be really important to understand. There's two types of needs, okay? The first is what's called an implied need. So an implied need, an example of that might be someone says, I'm unhappy about my job. Maybe they say, you know, I don't have enough free time. Now, here's the deal. Most network marketers, the second they get an implied need, like the second somebody even cracks the door, they see light shining through, they say something that's an implied need, they rush right to demonstrating the capability, presenting, oh my God, you got to look at this, you got to see this, and they do it too soon and they lose people. See, the key to success is this. You have to learn how to take an implied need that somebody gives you. They make a statement, you know, I don't have enough free time. And you got to resist the urge to jump all over them like they're a piece of meat and you haven't eaten in a month. You got to slow down and take that implied need and through a series of additional questions, really create it into something much bigger in the eyes of a prospect is what we're looking for. And this is the key. You need explicit needs. So an explicit need is when somebody says this. I need a new job. So somebody says, you know, an implied need that I'm unhappy about my job. And instead of jumping all over them, you say, well, wait, well, wait a minute. Let's shine a spotlight on that. Let me ask you a couple of more questions about that. And I'm going to teach you what the questions are here in this episode. And then eventually what happens is it becomes an explicit need where they say, you're right, man, I need a new job. Then and only then you now have the ability and the permission to take the next step. Or how about this? Instead of, I don't have enough free time, somebody literally saying an explicit need would be, I need to find a way to create more free time. So we have to learn how to take the seed of an implied need and we have to ask the right questions to flesh it out into a real problem in their eyes. Because here's the thing, when the seriousness of the problem outweighs the cost of solving it, the prospect will say yes. And like I mentioned earlier, look, the cost of solving a problem when it comes to your products is very low. You know, there's a financial investment, but there's not really much more at stake. It's like, okay, I'll buy this product. And if I use it, great. If I don't, not a big deal. But when it comes to your business, the cost of solving it is far greater. You know, there's the time cost of putting into a business. There's the cost of overcoming someone's lack of belief and fear. There's the cost of other people's opinions of them doing something like this. There's the cost of what, of taking time away from their family. The cost is huge for somebody pursuing your business. So unless we get really good at, I mean, really digging in and making this seem like a big problem, people may join you, but they're not going to follow through with commitment to build this thing. So this applies like if you're somebody that's like, Bob, I, I can recruit all day, but I can't find the people that are willing to do the work. Well, I'm telling you that the reason why that might be is because you're not making the seriousness of the problem that they have big enough when they start their business to give them the desire and the commitment to actually follow through. So let's talk about. So the secret then is we have to learn how to really start spending the majority of our time in that second phase, which is the investigating phase. Here's where we're asking questions. We have to get out of the introduction phase. We got to get into that second phase and we got to ask better questions. And the book gives a framework that I think is so valuable. It talks about four different types of questions. 
Situation questions, which are where you gather information. Problem questions, where we identify the problems and the pains. Implication questions. This is where we underscore why those pains need to be solved. So now we take that and we find an implied need in the problem within a problem question. And then we take the implication questions and we turn it into an explicit need. And then the last type of question is what are called need payoff, need payoff. And here's where we lead them to believe that we have, that they need a solution and that we have an answer. So where I want you to be better is I want you to learn how to start focusing on the right questions. So let's talk first about situation questions. Think of these as the, the opening or the getting to know you questions, right? These are in, in phase one, the introduction, okay? So that might be, hey, how's the family? What's new? If it's somebody that you don't know, you're just meeting, where do you live? Hey, how do you like living in Philadelphia? What do you do for work? If it's somebody you do know, how's the job? What's going on? It's just, you know, these are the, the opening questions. This is also, quite frankly, this is like the small talk. And here's what's interesting. The most successful leaders in this profession ask fewer of these types of questions than most other people. If you're getting stuck in relationship building mode and you're struggling bringing up your business, if you struggle not knowing the right time to bring it up, I promise you it's because you're spending too much time asking situational questions. Look, there's no meaningful conversations that are going to come from situational questions. Here's the reason why. There's no benefit in them to the other person. People become annoyed or bored. Like we've all been in this kind of a conversation before. We meet someone on social media and they start firing situational questions at us one after the other. We feel like we're on the dating game. And we know we're just waiting for the agenda. We're bored. We're getting annoyed because we don't get any benefit in answering those kinds of questions. See, the most successful people, they it's not that they don't ask situational questions because you have to open a conversation up. You have to get a back and forth. They just don't ask unnecessary ones. You know, they ask a handful at the most, two to three, and then they get right into the purpose and the intention of why they're talking to someone. If you're struggling, it's because I promise you, you don't have purpose and intention. You just hope if you keep talking to people that eventually you'll get what you want, but you're finding that that's not the case. See, what you have to do is you got to focus on the second type. Oh, and by the way, let me answer this question before I move on to problem questions. Why is it that we do this? Why do we ask so much situational questions? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because most people, it's easy and it feels safe. See, it feels safe to ask these kinds of questions. It's uncomfortable and it gets a little bit more challenging when we start asking different types of questions because it's uncertain, because we're forcing people to maybe think about things that they haven't before or talk about things with us that maybe they wouldn't normally be willing. But if we ask the right questions in the right way, we can create an opening where people feel safe to share. This is where we talk about there must be purpose and intention. The questions that we really need to start asking more are problem questions. The most successful people in this profession, certainly the people that come from a place of service, ask way more problem questions than most people. They probe for problems and areas of dissatisfaction in people's lives. Look, this is where I go back to something that I said before. If you don't do a good job asking problem questions, identifying real needs in the eyes of your customers and your team members, they may buy and they may join, but they're not going to stick around. So if you want better retention on not only your customers, but your team members, be better in this area. Here are some examples of problem questions. Are you loving your job, right? Or do you love working for ABC company? 
Do you see yourself doing that for the rest of your life? How have you been managing all the craziness that's going on this year? How difficult has it been managing work and family? Have you had any free time lately to do anything fun? See, notice what these questions are doing. These questions are leading people potentially to talk about areas that I know that I could help them with, right? So what we want to do is, and this is one of my assignments for you, I want you to sit down. We have all of our students do this. We walk them through a really detailed process, but at a very surface level, real simple, sit down, think about the problems that your product and or business can help solve for someone. And then for each one of those problems, write down examples of problem questions that you could ask to help uncover. So what we're looking to do is we're looking to direct the attention of our prospect to these different areas. And if we can get people talking about these things, then maybe we can identify that implied need that we could then take the next step. So think about this problem questions. This is the raw material to begin the process of uncovering and developing needs. It's the starting point of demonstrating value. But in asking those questions, I get somebody to maybe make a statement. They say, yeah, you know, I haven't been able to do much. I don't have a lot of free time. And I'm like, boom, implied need. That's the starting point. So now that I have an implied need, I move on to the next type of question, which are called implication questions. So here's what you have to realize. We want to take that implied need and we want to start digging further because we can't just identify a problem. Now, remember what most people will do. The second somebody says, I don't have a lot of free time, they'll jump right to the demonstrating so that they'll go right to, hey, let me tell you why my stuff is great. They do it too soon. So you have to not only identify it, you have to agitate it. Because remember, when the seriousness of the problem outweighs the cost of the solution, they will join and they will buy. Right. So take that problem, which in their eyes may they may perceive it as small and continue to build it up through implication questions so that it's big enough in their eyes that they will take an action. And this is where I'm going to share with some examples with you, but I promise you, most of you have never asked these kinds of questions before. This is a very different way of thinking. Now, I want to give you a disclaimer. Watch out for the red light stories because they're going to come up a plenty. Because when you start thinking differently and asking different questions, it's going to make you uncomfortable because you've never done it before. There's going to be red light stories. You need to be able to push past that. Here are some examples of implication questions. What's it been like working a job that you don't enjoy? What other things has not having free time kept you from doing? How has that financial stress impacted your family, right? How's it made you feel? In what other ways... Has your health, if they're struggling with their health, in what other ways has that impacted your life? Or, hey, it must be really hard for you not feeling excited every day about what you're doing. Now, you may have picked up on something already. Here's the potential downfall of these kinds of questions, and here's where some of you will struggle with this. A lot of times, they actually make the prospect feel worse about the problem, but that's the point. See, that's both the strength and the weakness of these types of questions. But here's what I want you to understand. The most successful people that do this from a place of service, they use implication questions to build up the problem in their eyes and get them really clear that they have one. But then they turn very quickly to another type of question that shines a light on the positive and the solution and builds up the value of what they have to offer. But I want you to think about how much time are you spending asking these kinds of questions? We got to learn how to slow down. And I'm telling you, you could, 
you know, people say, Bob, could I actually say this through messenger? A hundred percent. Now I'd always prefer doing it live. So like if I, what I would do, if I was messaging someone and, and they gave me an implied need and I had a rapport with them, I would say, Hey, let's hop on a zoom real quick, or let's get on the phone. I got something I want to share with you. And I may try to do the rest of the process live. Now, that's not always the case. So maybe I segue to voice messages and I start sending some voice messages so that they can hear the tonality in my voice and I can connect with them differently. But even if you did this just through Messenger, it could absolutely and would absolutely work for the right people. Now, remember, though, not everybody's going to have a real need and not everybody's the right person. But that's why we ask questions. We have to be okay with the fact that not everybody's going to be a fit. That's one of the foundational concepts of service. We're okay with the fact that everybody's not a prospect. And if somebody's not a prospect and they tell us, no, we don't make it anything mean anything less about us. It's not about you. It's about them. So another assignment for you is I want you to think about how you could use implication questions. So here's a process that I would teach you. Write down a potential problem that your prospect is likely to have. So let's say not enough free time. And then ask yourself, if somebody didn't have free time, could that potentially lead to other problems? And write down whatever you can think of. So I'll give you some examples. I just brain, I brainstormed this in like a couple of minutes. Somebody that didn't have enough free time might be suffering from burnout at work or frustration because they don't have free time. They're feeling maybe underappreciated. Maybe they're not as compensated because most people that work a lot of hours, they're not necessarily paid for that work. So they may be feeling like financially uncompensated. Maybe they have issues with their family life because they're working so much. They're not able to invest into their relationship the way that they would want. Maybe they're feeling unfulfilled. Most of the people that I know that are struggling with a lack of time or not doing things they love, so they're not feeling fulfilled, they don't have purpose and meaning behind their work. Maybe they have low energy levels. They're burning the candle at both ends. They've neglected their physical health. That could be a real issue for them. So we start coming up with all these different issues that they could have that originally, think about it, most people will say, hey, I don't have a lot of time, and then what would they do? They'd go right into, hey, here's my thing, it's great. You start thinking this way, you slow down, you have a plan you start exploring these other problems. You uncover and go deeper and deeper and deeper. And then before you're done, this person's like, oh my God, like I need more time. They give you that explicit need, but it's only through doing these things. And look, by the way, these questions lead you to the final, and this is where it all comes together, need payoff questions. So these are the questions where you really start asking about the value or usefulness of them solving that problem. This is the magic sauce that makes people great when it comes to prospecting. And I'm telling you, 99% of you have never asked these kinds of questions before. So here are some examples of need payoff questions. Would it be important for you to solve this problem? How much different or better would your life be if you had more free time? In what other ways would having more energy better looking skin, whatever your product does help you? Or how helpful would it be if you actually had a way to solve that problem? See, there's two things that need payoff questions do from the psychology of sales. They focus the attention on solutions, right? So we, we fleshed out that implied need to an explicit need. Maybe they're feeling worse about themselves because we're really shining a light on it. But now we're like, hey, but you're only going to feel worse if you don't have a way to solve it. But I'm telling you, there is a way. So we're focusing on solutions. But here's the other valuable thing. They get the prospect telling you the benefits. What would you do with more free time? They literally list it out. You've got everything you need right there to sell them on what you have. 
And what's interesting is when prospects consistently, when they're surveyed after dealing with salespeople that ask these types of questions, consistently say that those interactions were more positive, more constructive, and more helpful. And here's the reason why, because it's about them. And these questions are also highly linked to retention. So this is the process that will get that customer continuing to buy from you. And that will get that team member to not only join, but do the work and stick around. And the other thing is this, how many times have you had a prospect of yours that needs to go talk to their husband or wife about joining your business that you never hear from again? Well, if all you're doing is presenting how great your stuff is and selling all the facts and figures, they're going to take that information from which they'll only probably remember 10% of it, go try to sell it to their spouse. That's the reason why nobody's interested. They'll never understand what you do well enough to create enough value to someone else. But if you get them focused on these lines of conversations and thinking, they'll go talk to their spouse about all the benefits to them. And they'll be excited to do it because they feel like they were a part of the process of creating the solution. So they get emotionally involved. So it will help you be more successful in that area. My only word of caution is this. Be careful not to ask need payoff questions too early in a conversation. You've got to identify and agitate the problem first. Now, let me give you an exercise and we're going to wrap it up with this. Here's a great exercise for you to practice need payoff questions. There's a very simple framework for you to follow. Think of it like this. Why is that important? How would it help? Would it be useful? And is there any other way this could help? Why is that important? How would it help? Would it be useful? Is there any other ways this can help? Here's what I recommend you do. Get someone you know. Could be a teammate. Could be a friend, family member. They don't even have to be in your business or understand sales. Have them pick a topic that they know they have a need. So let's say you have a friend that wants to get a new camera, all right? And they're very sure that they want this. Ask them the questions using the framework. So first question would be, why do you think it would be good to have a new camera? Have them tell you. What would it let us do that we can't do right now? Would anyone else in the family be happy if we bought one? And do you think the new camera would have any other benefits? Or maybe it's a new phone, but notice this. As you ask these questions and you get them talking, notice how much more excited they get about getting the camera. Look, getting them to get the camera at the end of that process, especially if you tell them you have the solution, it's a no-brainer at that point, right? So role play this, practice it. Now, look, with the other kinds of questions, they're, they're usually pre-planned and well thought out. But with need payoff questions, the framework is kind of wide in general. You're just getting the prospect talking and you're exploring the different ways that it can help them. But at the end of the day, you start doing more of this stuff. I'm telling you, not only will you be so much more fulfilled by your conversations on social media because they will be meaningful. They won't be surface, situational, small talk, relationship building, go nowhere conversations. I'm talking about real conversations that have meaning that create such a demand for what you have to say. People will be begging you to share your stuff with them. So take what I've taught you. And I want to remind you, this is just the beginning. I can't wait to flesh this out for you because we're going to put all this together in such an incredible framework. You're going to be blown away. Now, here's the last thing I'll say. And this is just a little heads up at something we have coming very soon. The next podcast episode that we publish, I'm going to be sharing with you the link to register for an upcoming free challenge that we're doing in just a few weeks. So what I've just given you essentially is this. It is a blueprint. It is a framework for you that when you're having the conversation with one with your perfect prospect, right, the right person that you absolutely know that you will have something you can do that will create an incredible demand for 
what you have. So I've solved that problem for you. But here's the thing. I've created another problem. How do you get more of the right people messaging you, having conversations with you so you can use this? Well, that's what we're going to solve in the second piece. We're doing a training, Love, Serve, Grow training on content creation. And I'm going to be sharing you my four secrets of content creation that will help you attract the right people and get real results. Look, everybody teaches you how to get more followers, more engagement. Here's the deal. What good are followers and engagement if everyone that's following you and engaging with your posts are already in your company or not legitimate prospects with a real need? Look, I'm going to teach you how through creating content differently. And it starts with you thinking differently and asking yourself and answering different questions. I'm going to teach you how to work smarter, not harder. And I'm going to teach you how to attract the perfect people to your content so that you can take this framework and have these conversations and what it's going to do for your results online. It's going to be life changing. So keep an eye out next episode. I'm going to be sharing with you the link to register. I'm so excited for this with this training that I just gave you and what we're going to be doing in this four day free challenge. Your business will never be the same. So with that being said, thanks so much for being here, everybody. Love and appreciate you. Excited to be back on a normal flow with the podcast. I'll be recording a bunch of episodes here to get caught up and can't wait to share this challenge with you that we're going to be doing on the next episode. So take care. 